Welcome back to another episode of Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we are going to be reviewing and discussing If You Want to Make God Laugh by Bianca Murray. Ashley pitched it to me in our last episode, and I've had it on my shelf since last December, so it was definitely time to finally pick it up. And as always, this will be a spoiler-free review, and the episode immediately following will be an in-depth, spoiler-filled discussion. I am so excited to talk to someone about this book. I read it originally for a buddy read. It was Not Your Mama's Book Club pick for November, I believe. And I am forever thankful to Cray and Janine for pushing it up on my TBR. And I loved the discussion that I had with everybody in that group chat. But I feel like there's just something so much more special about talking about it like out loud with somebody and having a back and forth about it. So I'm I'm really excited. To I do agree. That, finally. There's a lot to unpack in this book. So I think it's like special to actually get to discuss it in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before we begin, Phoebe and I just wanted to take a moment to recognize the current health concerns and crises affecting the world. Our hearts go out to all of our book friends and listeners near and far who are battling an increased amount of anxiety, being triggered by previous trauma, are immunocompromised or have family members who are immunocompromised, are suffering financial hardship, or are otherwise um, suffering any sort of difficulties or being subjected to xenophobia. Yes, we see you. You are not alone. And we truly hope that this podcast can be a nice reprieve for you as recording it is for me and Ashley. This is the time yeah. to lean on each other and uh, really just, you know, be good neighbors, be good friends. And we are so grateful that we have each other <laughs> right now. I know. And so we hope. It's so fun recording these every single time. It just kind of takes us out of whatever we may be dealing with outside, whether it be work or, um, you know, what's going on in the media or what's going on in our lives. It's just, it's a really nice reprieve. And so so happy to be here yes so we hope read it or list it will always be a place of positivity and something that makes you smile now to get into our book for today I'm going to give you a little synopsis if you're unaware Um, I feel like this I did not know about this book until you talked about it um and I only mention it like I don't know like once or twice (laughs) it's only like on every stack um But If You Want to Make God Laugh is the story of three women in South Africa during the early 1990s. Apartheid has ended and the AIDS crisis is gripping the country. It is a story of womanhood told through multiple points of view of an impoverished teenager, wealthy socialite, and a disgraced former nun. We meet Zadwa, Ruth, and Delilah while they are forced to confront the darkest truths about themselves, where they are brought together to discover how far love can can transcend societal boundaries. Yeah, and it's, oh my gosh, there's just so much to talk about, and we're going to get into as much as we can in this episode and then in our spoiler episode to follow. But we just want to remind you that um, this is not... There are light moments to this book, but there are a lot of very heavy themes. So just to remind you of some of the trigger warnings in this book and topics that we may be discussing in this episode and definitely in the next episode, this book touches on the AIDS epidemic, derogatory language, racism, slurs, death and dying. There are um, rape scenes, miscarriage, alcoholism. I think those are probably 
the main things a little bit about South African history too. Um, yeah. But it does have a wonderful community aspect to it. So I do think right. it's absolutely, it's sort of timely in that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I mentioned, I read this book as part of a buddy read, but I actually purchased it over the summer, maybe right after it came out, from after what Megan Reads mentioned it in her stories. Uh, if you don't know, Bianca Moraes, this is her second book. And her first book, Hum If You Don't Know the Words, is one of Megan's favorite books. And so after she talked about both of those, I immediately purchased them because that's like what I do. I never, I take everybody at their word and I always <laughs> read it. And then I still haven't read Hum, which I'm, offended at myself because <laughs> I want to read it so bad and I just I just too many books have had to come before it and um I just haven't been able to make the time for it but I'm gonna read it soon so I, I also want to read it because I think that um Bianca Murray's writing is like compulsively readable mm-hmm. um she's really good yes. at like pulling you in and what I loved about this book in particular, if you want to make God laugh, was how digestible it was because it does cover very serious and oftentimes depressing topics, but each chapter flips between the three women and they're pretty short chapters, so nothing ever really feels like so dark that I couldn't continue. Um, Yeah. Like, I loved how short the chapters were. Those yeah. were. That was probably my favorite aspect of the book. I hate when chapters drag on. And I think particularly when you have a very heavy book, um, to be spending 20 or more pages in that moment can be very draining. And she does not do that. They're quick. Um, they still give each moment justice. But you're not feel like – you don't feel like overwhelmed. Definitely. You – like, if something is, like, really difficult, like, a difficult moment to read about, you uh, you you'd leave that moment and go into the other character for a second. So you're mm-hmm. never – you're fully experiencing it, and it's not discrediting the experience of these women, but from a reader's perspective, it definitely – I wish you could see how much I'm talking with my hands right now. Um, <laughs> from a reader's perspective. Wow, who's the Italian here, you know? I'm marrying an Italian. I'm just practicing. Um, You're joining the culture. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Um, but from the reader's perspective, if you only have a certain amount of time within the day to pick up your book, uh, you still can get a fair number of pages in and um, you uh not feel like oh gosh I can't I don't have the time to devote like to 20 pages of dense writing like the writing flies like I really this is a large-ish book let me I want to like see the actual it's 400 and something I mean it has a very extensive glossary at the end but you know what's so amazing is uh like I love the moment of being able to say yeah I'm on page or I'm on chapter 88 (laughs) yeah (laughs) And you feel so, like, accomplished. And there are, I think I'm looking at it, too. It's 423 pages. Um, and there and there are... 94 chapters. Yes, 94 chapters. That's so... feels so accomplished at the end of that. Like, yeah. Um, like, can you imagine being a kid and reading it? Like, I read a 94-chapter book. Oh, if all the kids would be like, ooh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were lucky because Bianca Murray is very active on social media and very active in her reader's reading life. Um, And she graciously 
answered a few questions for us. So we'll be sprinkling some of those in throughout and sharing more in the spoiler episode because we had a lot of questions. Um, Yeah, and Phoebe is going to put all of her answers in a blog post so that we make sure that you can have access to everything that she said, even if we can't touch on it. Um, I just, I think that Bianca is one of the best, if not the best author that I've come in contact with through this platform. I mean, I love books independently of how great the authors are. I will love a story just because it's a great story. But then when you have an author who is so willing to engage with you about her book, it just it just makes you love it all that much more, if that was yeah. even possible for me with this book. I know, because it's like there's so much that goes into writing a book. Like I, I think it's especially when authors who are very well known and are under like contract and like there are a couple like Christina Lauren, number one, there are two people to begin with, but they put out like two books a year. And yeah, so that's, quick. That's a lot. So they're already putting so much work into it. But the people who like authors who haven't been published yet, oftentimes are spending years devoted to this one book. I met um, Nicola Harrison, who wrote Montauk, um, which is her first book, came out last summer. And she, I think she spent four years writing Montauk before um, that she had four years to dedicate to doing it. And then she pitched it to a literary agency, got picked up, and then they immediately contracted her for another book. So she's like, I've never written a book with a deadline before. So it's a completely different writing experience. So that's one of the things that Bianca mentioned with, like, how with hum, if you don't know the words. She said she took three years in total to write that. And she had all of her deadlines were self-imposed deadlines. And she really had all the time in the world. But with If You Want to Make God Laugh, she had like six months yeah. to write the whole book which is crazy so I think it's kind so of fast like you're so grateful for the success but then it's like wow it just completely as someone who works in like a really creative field deadlines can be like great for some people and detrimental for others so I think it's just interesting um and but I think she did an excellent job because I, I know I know notoriously second books are really hard. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I love this book so much. Well, I'm excited to read Hum, especially because this book deals with, like, so many serious topics. That was something that we, we wanted to ask her about um, because, like, how do you set out to, like, write a book like this? Um, mm-hmm. And what she shared with us I really loved so she said that there were a lot of tough parts in writing this book the sexual violence was incredibly tough to tackle as was reliving so much of the AIDS pandemic in South Africa I never meant to include so many heavy issues it's not like I have a checklist of all the themes I want to address I just listen to each character telling me their story and see where it goes these three women have faced many challenges in their lives but what fascinates me is their amazing resilience and strength. And I really love this idea of listening to the characters and letting them lead you where the story needs to go. And I think that comes from my acting background because it feels really organic and honest. And um, I think that that comes out in the books. Like if you, as a writer, I feel like you are, I think a lot of writers feel like they are like a vessel for their characters and yeah absolutely uh i think it's it's like a difference between 
plot-driven books and character-driven books. And I do think that this book is very plot-driven, but I would say that it is mostly um, character-driven. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, I don't know if I've mentioned this on here before, but um, my undergraduate degree, I got two degrees. My first is in legal studies because I knew I was going to go on to law school. My second degree is in creative writing. And so I have a um, bachelor's of fine arts degree as well. You have a BFA too? Oh, I didn't know you actually had a BFA. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, one of the first things you learn in writing workshop classes is that you may create the character, but what makes like the true art form of creating a character and creating a story is letting them speak for you and and letting their story um come through on the page and not trying to force it in any any direction and I think that's probably why I'm more driven to character driven books because I'm so invested I think because I have this background of like creating my own characters I'm so invested to see how other people create characters and I I think why I loved this book so much is that all three of these women felt so real to me and they had such real full like they were full people that developed over the course of this novel and they're very individual and their voices are very individualized and I think that that is Mm -hmm. like when you are reading a book I think a writer's greatest challenge in writing a book that's told from multiple point of views is do these each do each of these characters have their own voice and I know a lot of criticism that writers can face is that like oh like if this one sounds like this sounds too much like you or they sound the same because I've tried Mm -hmm. to write before like one of my I want to write a book I don't think I could ever write a book from multiple perspectives because it's like I feel like my voice is very strong and I I, I would have to spend a lot of time letting these characters speak to me. So I think that yeah. like she does a really good job. Tell like they're all like they're such different women. Um and in comparison to the last book that we reviewed, The Simple Wild, which takes place in Alaska, if you didn't know, um <laughs> uh this book takes place in South Africa and we mentioned that Alaska was like its own character in the sample wild i think that south africa is a character in this book in the sense that it like the issues that it deals with are um they're not un- integral to the history they're, yes of exactly because they're, they're not yeah. unique to south africa mm-hmm. but the given circumstances of the novel, like they couldn't take place anywhere else besides South Africa. The Simple Wild is a romance book that takes place in a setting that becomes very important to the story versus this is a historical novel that very much the history of the country is essential Mm -hmm. to the plight of these characters because they wouldn't be facing the same struggles that they were if they weren't in South Africa at this time in South Africa. It's a very particular time and a very uh, like momentum shifting time in South Africa because it's right after apartheid ended. Yeah, Nelson Mandela has just been elected president. mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, and then the AIDS epidemic is going on in the 1990s and there's severe racism and misinformation going around and just a really sensitive time in South African history 
And that's where we see these three women's lives. I think so. I think South Africa plays a very important role to this story, but not in the same way. I didn't feel like I got to know it the same way that I knew Alaska. Correct. You know, like it was more like South Africa, like in the Simple Wild, it created this tension in the story versus in this story, in this book, South Africa's history was creating like points for these characters but really it was each other and all the Mm -hmm. characters that were really creating the tension in the story I mean we had a lot of not just our three main characters which the way that they intertwine throughout the story creates so much tension and conflict Um, but then there are a ton of minor characters that come into the story too that just you know put these these women in um, incredible situations of having to overcome a lot of adversity. Yeah, and in the face of that adversity, there was still so much, like, female empowerment, mm-hmm. even though there was, like, extreme violence and extreme sexism. And uh, one of my favorite quotes actually comes from Ashley's favorite character. Yes! Ashley's favorite character in the book is Ruth. And the quote And I know exactly what quote you're going to pull because (laughs) I totally also flagged this one too. I just yeah, I think I loved it. uh, I love it because it feels like you could pick it up and like put it on a t-shirt. Like it doesn't feel like it's 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 very universal. Yeah. So no spoilers. No spoilers. (laughs) Um, But can I share it or is it a spoiler? No, you can share it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is the quote. As women, we're told our worth and our value and the many ways in which we fall short of others' expectations. We're told why we're whores and why society can't tolerate whores. We're reminded of the way we dishonor the unwritten contract we didn't know we signed on the day of our birth, a contract in which we agreed to toe the line and know our place simply because we are the fairer sex. Um boom oh my god see this is why ruth is my favorite character because ruth tells it she is not afraid to toe that line and say no this is what it is like the reason i'm in this situation is because i'm a woman and that's ridiculous and let me tell you why you're wrong and i'm gonna like there's so many more things i could say to like couple this and and how she is as a character but they're all spoilers yeah i won't i just think like but i just love ruth for her honesty and the way that only someone like her like only out of the three women in the story only she could deliver that line yeah and like just the idea like i'm a bit like i love um like visualization and like having like a concrete thing to hold on to and like the idea is like oh my gosh Yes, that is such a good way of putting the things that we face right now is like this idea of this contract that we had no, like we can't control what we are. We came into the world who we are. And I don't know, I just, I loved that that metaphor, like really just like, it was mm-hmm. like a punch to the gut. I was like, yes, that's what I, that's like the language I've been searching for for years to describe right. some of the frustrations that I have, like in my life as Phoebe. Right. And, and like, that's something that universally can apply to Zadwa's story, Delilah's story, and Ruth's story. But, and then each of them have their own side stories that contribute to why that is even more difficult for them. Or um, for two of our characters, this um, idea, of, or really all three, all three of them, of them yeah. motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all three of them. Motherhood is a central theme to this book and another reason why I really wanted to feature it in this woman's series because all three of these women in some way are um mothers Mm -hmm. and that I won't say anymore because I don't want to spoil anything but I will share one of my favorite quotes 
which comes from Zadwa's chapter. Bianca writes, Zadwa's first lesson in motherhood is that it's a condition that cannot be reversed. A mother who has lost her child is no less of a mother. If anything, her maternal instincts are made even sharper since what she nurses is heartache and regret. And just like she would a baby, she carries them strapped to her back at all times. I love that quote. Oh, it's just like this is I just one of those felt Zodwa's pain. I felt everybody's pain in this story, all all three of them yeah. um about this theme. I mean it really is a is a This heavy is theme one of those story. books like I think we talked about um in the introductory episode for this series of like the like we can read these really powerful nonfiction stories like Chanel Miller's Know My Name, like the mm-hmm. most powerful piece of nonfiction writing. Yet there are, there's such strength and honesty in fiction. And I think that sometimes we can find uh, relatability between fictional characters more so than a real person because we have less judgment. Like we're not – Right. We don't have – like the person that we create in our mind when we're reading is like that's our friend and we're going on this journey with them. And we can learn yeah. so much. Um and it doesn't – there's no aspect of this book that felt like a like an agenda from Bianca. Yeah, I completely agree. It just – it's just – it's so honest. And, like, they're – like, I think one of my favorite parts of fiction is finding quotes like that that are universal. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just – That will stick with you forever. Yeah. And I, I, I just think that, like, exactly what you said, it's so much easier for us to pick up a book of fiction about – a topic like this and read it and be like wow i was moved by that story and now i want to learn more because and you can like you see i feel like if you can step into the shoes and a little easier you're not it's not a famous person that you're identifying with it's right like for example born a crime memories from a south african childhood is trevor noah's memoir and it's a comedic memoir it's funny and I picked it up because I read this book so I read if you want to make God laugh and um I wanted to learn more about South Africa and several people recommended this book and I think Phoebe you did the reverse yeah you read that and then wanted to read this I've always been fascinated with South Africa since um the Disney Channel original movie uh, The Color of Friendship came out um I thought that the mm. the South African accent was so unique I was like what what's that part of That's the world so beautiful and so if you want to know more about South Africa we highly recommend Trevor Noah's book number one you will learn how to pronounce His voice. a lot of things <laughs> but he's got the <laughs> so true a dreamy voice it's fun to listen to <laughs> Yeah, I wish that I had done it the way Phoebe did because I would have known how to pronounce all the <laughs> South African names in this that I did not know. Especially um, like places. Yeah, but the, but what I was going to say is, so some people may not pick up Trevor Noah's book because they're like, oh, it's a celebrity and he's the host of The Daily Show and like that's what you know him as, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't disagree with that because that book has nothing to do with any of his like nothing like what he does in america this is his childhood in south africa during apartheid and it is phenomenal like favorite memoir that i've read i read it in 2020 so i did too i read yeah and i i just think it's phenomenal but with a fiction book you don't have any of those like external factors to look at you just like go into the book with 
finding the characters as they are and you don't know anything else and I think that's why it's a lot more approachable to read fiction like this and I just I think that this is a phenomenal book for anybody that um, is drawn to historical fiction wants to learn a little bit about South Africa and keeping in mind there are some very heavy themes in this book yeah a lot about South Africa's history uh, sexual violence um, but um, the racism like all that but aside from you know taking that into consideration i i think it's an incredibly well-written moving story and bianca had such lovely hopes for her readers in writing this book and what they were what she wanted her readers to get out of it um Mm -hmm. and she shared that with us so she really wanted um her readers to obviously be entertained because this is a this is media it's a book that you're picking up but she also wanted them to learn and grow in the process because there's so much about South Africa and the AIDS pandemic and canned lion hunting. I had no idea what that was until I read this book. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know anything about all the different political parties. And Trevor Noah does a good job of going a little further into that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. But she really wanted to broaden her readers horizons and still have them fall in love with her characters. Uh, so she said if she achieved that, then she had, gotten what she had set out to do because as human beings we are also different in terms of culture language race gender etc but we are ultimately human and our shared humanity brings us together and I really felt that with this book it's so I love that and I I really think that that the writing style also adds to that some of the sections some of the parts of the story are so heavy but then you've got like Ruth who just like lightens the whole mood with her ridiculousness. And I, oh my gosh, I loved Ruth. I think she had the most amazing character arc. I'm definitely going to talk a lot more about her in the spoiler-filled episode, um, just because we obviously can't spoil any of that. But It feels weird to like choose a favorite character because they're so individual. But I think that's one of the special aspects of a story that's told from multiple multiple Mm -hmm. perspectives is that there is just one – there's one voice that, like, when you get to their chapter, you're like, okay, I'm home. Like, so – because, like, Delilah is when it was my – was that – she was my anchor character. I love that. Yeah. So I guess to remain true to our name, let's do a little rating. So, Ashley, how would you rate this book? I give this book five stars (laughs) when we're talking about reading it or listing it. I absolutely will tell every single one of you – and for the rest of my lives, read it. It is not a light book for sure, but it pulls on your heartstrings in such a profound way. I read this book like, well, I read it in November. So how many months is that? Help me with the math. Uh, it's March. So like four months ago? Four? Four. Okay. Yeah, I read it a while ago. And yet still, like I didn't, you know, reread it and prep for talking about this with Phoebe. I've just, these characters have just stuck with me that much. I mean, Ruth, Delilah, and Zadwa are people that I think will really stick with me forever. Yeah. Um, I think one of our friends just finished it the other day and was just like, like literally yesterday maybe and was like, I'm not okay, actually. <laughs> like, cause yes, I love like, that. Those are my favorite reactions, too. I love when I get tagged in this book. If if I'm known as loving this book, that's a great way to be known. So, yeah. yeah. What do you? What about you, Phoebe? Would you read it or list it? And what's your rating? Um, I would definitely read it. And I'm going to rate it five stars as well. 
I definitely read it at a time when it was kind of hard to focus on, but that but I, I loved that I could pick it up and I could whiz through three or five chapters when I had a second in my busy day. And it was like every time I picked it up, I was fully in it. So even if I only read a little bit yeah. at a time, it didn't take me a long time to fall into the story. I was like really in it with them. So I would definitely definitely read it because I think it's a great book that enriches the reader's cultural knowledge while also allowing them to be engrossed in a deeply entertaining and important story so we hope that you reach for this book based on our recommendations or just this discussion or just based on how awesome Bianca is (laughs) and if and if you do make sure you come back and check out our spoiler filled discussion And if you've already read, if you want to make God laugh, we'll help you join us for the next episode. So as always, please feel free to leave a review and a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcast. Or feel free to stop by our Instagram at readitorlistitpod to leave a comment on today's post. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Original music by Jake Thorne. Original artwork by Lindsay Huckabee. You can find Lindsay on Instagram at Lindsay Draws It Again or on Etsy at Lindsay Draws Co. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.